one thing we talk about at Peace for a lot is the sense of family. Like we talk about, oh, we're family. It really is true. As Yvonne said, Peace Corps is not in very many countries. We're small. Peace Corps, it's amazing how much you can get done with a small amount of staff. And so everyone really does need to come together. Everybody really needs to work together. There's an incredible amount of teamwork that has to happen to make a country run. And the level of connection, the level of family that I felt during that time, there is just nothing. I still, I'm still in touch with my Peace Corps staff members. We've now become friends. And this was something that I formed lifelong friendships. Hello, and welcome to the Jobs with Jody podcast. My name is Dan Baker. Obviously, I'm not Jody Hammer, uh, your normal guest on the podcast. I am taking a lead today for hosting a great panel discussion with three former leaders of Peace Corps and overseas staff positions. This is in response to a lot of interest from you and the community on how to position yourselves and plan your careers if you are interested in working overseas with Peace Corps at some point in, in your career. Quickly, my guests here today are uh, Yvonne Hubbard, Hubbard, who is the Senior Advisor for Peace Corps' Overseas Staff Recruitment. Uh, Yvonne is a former Peace Corps Country Director in South Africa. Just when South Africa was uh, starting off, uh, she's got a great story to tell. Uh, also, my friends, Carla Ellis, uh, who I knew when she was a Peace Corps Country in Ghana, but also was a Peace Corps Country Director in uh, Suriname and Jamaica. And Ify Aze, uh, really good to see you, Ify, who is calling in from Conakry, Guinea, uh, West Africa, currently working with the USAID mission there. And I knew Ify when she was the Director of Management and Operations in Senegal and in Benin before that. Uh, three really fantastic former leaders who can talk about their experiences overseas and uh, share some tips and challenges and highlights from their service and uh, we'll hopefully have some time for questions from our live audience. But uh, I wanted to start with Yvonne Hubbard, who is, uh, again, the Senior Advisor for Overseas Staff Recruitment. But Yvonne, if you could share just a little bit about your career progression. I know there's been a lot of consultancy work and some work at Foreign Service Institute and uh, off and on uh, with Peace Corps. If you could just briefly uh, give us your, your career path and how you ended up with Peace Corps. Well, quite a story. As a, I, I joined Peace Corps as a Peace Corps volunteer shortly after I graduated from, from college. And I was also fortunate to go through a program at that time that Peace Corps had, which was called Peace, uh, Teacher Corps, Peace Corps. So I taught school in um, inner city school in Houston, Texas, while I was working on a master's degree. And the program was that you worked uh, worked on your master's degree at Texas Southern University, teaching in schools at, at also. And then uh, you joined Peace Corps. And I went to Sierra Leone in uh, West Africa, where I was a math science teacher in high school. So that was a trajectory that got me into Peace Corps through that particular program that Peace Corps had at that time. I did my time in uh, Sierra Leone, uh, came back, did recruitment with Peace Corps, worked in the training with Peace Corps. And as all of you probably know, if you know anything about Peace Corps, you have a five years. And at the end of the time, I ventured off into many other things. I traveled quite a bit, lived in about six different countries with my, with my husband, who was also working at USAID. And during that time, I did 
a lot of training, a lot of organization development with international NGOs in most of the countries that I lived in. Returning to the, U- uh, to the U.S., I worked at, at FSI, the Foreign Service Institute, uh, in the uh, Department of Overseas, um, uh, the Overseas Center, which prepared foreign service officers for their time and the work overseas with uh, the State Department, USAID, Commerce, and Agriculture Department. Always, it seemed like some way you end up back at Peace Corps. So I came back, worked with some international NGOs, recruiting mainly for Peace Corps, De- uh, Dexas, Australian donors. And I ended back up at Peace Corps to work with the staff on identifying qualified candidates, either country, specifically country directors, but also the director of management operations, which Ivy will give you some more information about, and country directors, which Carla we'll talk about, and uh, the DPTs, Director of Programming and Training. So my role now is looking for and identifying qualified candidates for each of those three roles overseas. Peace Corps, as you know, is celebrating their 60th year, and much has changed, as you can imagine, over the last year with COVID. Peace Corps suspended operations in all countries worldwide, and we're in the process now at Peace Corps of trying to get volunteers back in the field. Uh, and as you can imagine, with COVID, everything changes day by day. But we're still looking for candidates for all of the overseas positions, country directors, uh, director of uh, programming and training, and the director of management operations. All of the positions you can find on USA Jobs, the positions are posted continuously for a year. Every three months, the candidates are assessed and are interviewed. And we're still interviewing, hiring for overseas staff. Ivana, we get a lot of questions at MPCA. Uh, without volunteers in the in the field right now, what have the country directors and DPTs and DMOs been up to? Is there anything you can share with what what's been going on out in the in the field these days? And, and overseas staff, do you have anything you can share? Of course, any of you that have worked or been in Peace Corps, you know there's always work to do. So this is a good time for a pause for Peace Corps. We don't normally have this luxury in the field that we can that's say, okay, let's sit back and look at our training program. Let's catch up on going back into the communities. As volunteers left, Peace Corps had to go back to all of those communities where volunteers were placed just to say graciously that we're coming back, that we are just not snatching people out. They're redesigning programs. They're looking at new programs. They're talking with host governments Where can Peace Corps, how can Peace Corps coming back? We still have our presence there. There's still overseas staff in the field and our host country of national staff have been our guiding beacon of light. They keep, they kept kept the lights on in Peace Corps while we've been, been away. So yes, it's a, it's a glorious time. It's a sad time, but it's a time where staff in the field and you that have been staff in the field or have worked in the field, you know, you don't get these moments where you can just stop and have, take a deep breath. Yeah, I, I would have really enjoyed that when I was uh, in, in overseas staff positions. I, I used to joke with my country director at the time, our jobs would be a lot easier out without all these volunteers <laughs> around to take care of. But uh, of course, they're the reason we do the job. Yes. Uh, thank you very much for, for the updates there. And you know, uh, thinking about our audience and those interested in, in this conversation today, Yvonne, uh, 
I, I think a, a lot of people may have applied for these sorts of positions in the past with Peace Corps and maybe had not have gotten very far in the process, uh, or maybe they're applying for the first time. Is there any, I, I think you came on to work with country directors recruitment right as towards the end of the Obama administration. And yes. I, I remember just briefly overlapping with you before I left Peace Corps headquarters. And I know a lot of efforts were being made. I can only speak to the Africa region at the time to improve the diversity of candidates uh, coming into our selection pool. I, I know the regional directors were actually being held accountable, which was nice at the time for, for the uh, number of diverse staff that they were, were selecting for key overseas leadership positions. Can you share any more details on, on what Peace Corps has done since you've came come on uh, to improve the, the diversity of staff that are, are being sent overseas? Well, we, we are always looking in different places at, and where we get our best source of candidates from is for those that have either worked with Peace Corps, been in Peace Corps, or have other professional experience. We get best candidates through word of mouth who encourage people. Uh, Peace Corps, in some sense, especially when we look at BIPOC people, people of color, it's still an unknown. People don't know that there are actual positions that you can work with, but other than a Peace Corps volunteer position. So it's getting the word out. It's getting former staff to recommend people for Peace Corps. It's, it's a constant process. We, we, we are doing better. We could do better. And especially now, every as you can imagine, the last couple of years, there was some constraints, especially the last year of what we could say and what we could do. It's refreshing. It's like a, a breath of uh, fresh air with the new administration and their policies and, and what they want to see, not only with Peace Corps, but with all government agencies and with America as a whole. But we, we are making progress, but there's still always more that we can do. And, and I, again, I would say we depend on former Peace Corps volunteers. Uh, we depend on other professionals that know Peace Corps and, and what Peace Corps has to offer, uh, not only for volunteers, but even for others, for the staff, for their own professional development in, um, in international development. Great to hear the focus of recruitment. And I, I know change within HR and the government and especially in, in Peace Corps where we have challenges like the five-year rule uh, and limited application pool. It's, it's like trying to do a U-turn with an aircraft carrier sometimes to make any any changes. But have you have you seen the needle move on this issue since you've been there? I, I really don't think that there's going to be really any changes with some of the how Peace Corps was formed and the five year rule. I, I really don't expect that to change. And as difficult as and, and well, as some of the challenges with that, I think it keeps up with what the intent of that five-year rule was when Peace Corps was established. They did not want Peace Corps to become a bureaucracy. They wanted continuous change and new ideas. And we see that happen. We see that with people that have been volunteers or either have worked, they have gone off and worked in some other international arena, and then they come back. And every time someone comes back, they are bringing new ideas. They're bringing fresh ideas and not saying that uh, different agencies that have, you can stay there for 25 years, you sometimes get stagnant. But this what keeps Peace Corps fresh and even confusing sometimes because as any of you that may have worked, it's a unique organization with a lot of areas that we sometimes complain about, but that's what makes, the, makes it unique. 
Yeah, for sure. I, I want to respect your time. I know you have to leave pretty soon, but I, I want to ask you one last question and, and feel free to throw in anything else you want to share with our listeners. I think it's safe to say all of them are probably RPCVs and have at least at some point in their, their lives considered working overseas with, with Peace Corps. Any, any tips that you can share on how to plan your career, especially you look at so many applicants coming in for these country director positions and DPT positions that might be lacking just a little bit of something in their their resume or their life experience that doesn't quite qualify them at this point. Um, what are the, some of the more common things that you tell people that you're rejecting for, for these positions? You need to get a little bit more of this or this before you apply again. Any Anything you can share there or any tips? One of the main, uh, uh, I want to start with some of this. You are applying for a position through U.S. government tracking, applicant tracking system. And then you're not applying directly to Peace Corps. You are applying directly to Peace Corps, but it goes through a system that all U.S. government. And it's important that you read what is asked for. If it says you need to submit a transcript, you have to do it. If it says you have to submit whatever, you have to do it. If you don't, you're automatically kicked out. Also, it's important that you read the position description and make sure over the past years, I don't know some of you, if you've ever worked with the government, you remember the infamous KSAs where you had to write a dissertation in order to apply for the position. Well, that's gone. Thanks to the Obama administration, that part is gone now. But you have to do a self-assessment. You have to make sure that what is asked for in as far as the roles and responsibilities in that position description, that is reflected in your resume because your resume is the only thing that we have speaking to us. So we have to be able to read that resume and know what you're doing. We can't guess about what you did, what you accomplished. So that's the main thing is reading the resume and, and making sure that you have those skills. For country directors, we're looking for someone that have led organizations or projects internationally or work in with disadvantaged communities in a leadership role. We're looking for leadership and management for country directors. For D- DMOs, and I'm sure you will hear as others speak, we're looking for someone, I say the DMO has and manages the largest number of staff overseas. You have to have a budgeting, you have to have procurement, you do contract and you do finance, you do some of everything, you 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 do supervise. So you have to have a skill set where it shows that you have done those things, that you have developed budgets, that you have managed staff, that you understand, even though there's training that's, that you Peace Corps does provide. DPTs, we look for people that have done training, project management, project design, execution of training. So we need to see those things in those resumes or when you apply. Make sure that you are providing all the documentations that are necessary. And also, we get a lot of resumes. So you have to stand out. We get your resumes once a quarter. What We look at those resumes and your resumes are either listed as best qualified, well qualified, or ineligible. The only resumes that are moved forward are the ones that are the best qualified. So you are stand, you have to make sure that you stand out on average every quarter. We get anywhere from 100, 150 resumes for each one of these positions. So you have to pop. You, we, you have to be the, the brightest 
thing that we come across. And then those resumes are reviewed by the regions. The regions decide who they're going to interview. For anyone that's looking at a country director position, that is an appointed position and it has to be approved by the agency director. Those of you that may be seeking a DPT or DMO position, Director of Programming and Training, Director of Management Operation. I don't want to use those alphabets. You will have to stand out again because you are selected by the country directors. Those, your applications will be sent. And as you think about it, there are only 60 plus countries that Peace Corps are in. So we're, we're talking about a small number of people. So think that we get 400 applications for probably for each position of, of the year. And we're talking about maybe 60 people for each one of these things, these positions that I just described. So it's important that I need to hear you. I need to hear your voice when I read your resume. And that's the advice I could give you. <laughs> and that reminds me of uh, when I was helping uh, country directors screen for DPTs in, in the Africa region. One of the, the biggest headaches I have is that um, uh, people in your position kept on taking my DPTs to be country directors. Uh, so one <laughs> of the best ways if you want to be a country director is to first get into those DMO and DPT roles. I wonder, how, uh, is it like half internal candidates and still that? I think that's about, about what it was. Uh, what percentage of country directors are coming from completely outside of Peace Corps versus internal selections? I think that number may have external may have increased quite a bit, uh, mainly because uh, initially we uh, it was thought that uh, over the last, I would say, five to six years, we thought our focus was to we did not open up, especially for the DP, the, the, the CD position, uh, several position. It was too closed. We were not opening it up to a wider audience. And I'm saying this. Previously, it's one of the requirements you must have lived and worked in a, what was considered a developing country. So that cut out everybody that may have been working with organizations here in the U.S., whether they're making working with Native Americans, whether they're working with other disadvantaged communities here in the U.S., which those skills of leadership and management can be used as a country director. So we have broadened our pool. We have broadened it even with the DPTs and DMO positions, really at the DPT and the, um, and the, and the DMO positions. We have veterans and we have to give the look at veterans also. So it's, it's been a slight change. But the thing that has happened is that we have opened it broader because after a while, you keep having the same people with the same thoughts, the same ideas, the same this. We become a lot of sameness and we don't allow ourselves to grow. Uh, and again, another reason for the five-year rule. Before Yvonne has to go, uh, Jody, are there any uh, questions for directed towards her in the chat? Uh, maybe have time for one question directed to Yvonne. Let's see here. One of the questions that came in, somebody asked, they said they were in an NY3 position with AmeriCorps right now, and they've heard that that's close to a GS11 or a 12, but how would, what grades would that be? Would they be qualified to apply for with Peace Corps? And obviously the other part of this question would be, what is the grade quote unquote of the directors? Is that the, is that, that's the two or the a director, a country director position is at the highest grade, which is a one. Which it's is the one. Okay. Yes. So this They're is all a one. 14, 15, a GS. Yes. So there are, no, there are no twos for, for uh, country directors. It's not like a two one. It's, it's a straight one. So they would it's need to have one. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Great. Yes. That's good to know. 
Um, yes. And and uh, the, the other thing I, I want to point out, uh, there are we we do go over to the Foreign Service Institute and, and with Peace Corps and we recruit doing their uh, retirement seminars because we find a, a lot of uh, retirees from especially from the U.S. government, the foreign surface areas. They have a, a broad retirement seminar and we do participate and recruit it, it retirees. So, you know, some people had other careers and they decided they may have wanted to do Peace Corps all their life, or they did do Peace Corps. They started out as a Peace Corps volunteer. We do get quite a number. And I, and I, I don't want anybody to hear this and think that, oh no, people that have applied for Peace Corps and had 25, 30 year experience with, uh, you know, international orders organization, they will take president over everybody else. It doesn't work that way. Nobody has a, a sweet spot. Everybody is coming in and they're all looked at on the same level. We do try to do that. I encourage all of you, you at www.usajobs.gov. You don't know, just type, type in Peace Corps. I'm specifically speaking about international uh, overseas position, but you will see all Peace Corps vacancies that are currently open. And I encourage you to apply. We are always looking for more than a few good people. We are always looking for a lot of good people. Thanks so much, Yvonne. I've got one more question before I let you go. I want to be respectful of your time, but for everybody uh, listening in, what was the greatest highlight? What's, what's the best part of working overseas with Peace Corps? For me is, well, for, for South Africa, let me speak for South Africa. What was the greatest part for me? We were in, and I was working in South Africa at the early days of when Peace Corps joined, went into South Africa. Peace Corps got into South Africa when uh, Nelson Mandela, on his very first visit to the U.S. and meeting with uh, President Bill Clinton, the one thing that he asked for was Peace Corps volunteers. He said, I want Peace Corps volunteers. And Peace Corps volunteers that came to South Africa in those first five, three, five, five groups, they were the, they were representative of the U.S. government and the U.S. American people because they were a very diverse group. And what it was for South Africa, South Africans, was what it could be when they saw all of these different types of Americans working together, living together. It was what it, what South Africa could be coming out of apartheid in a very separate. And we had communities we had individuals who fought us on some ways. We can't have that little white girl going over there living in, with these people. And we go, she got to do it. And to come back two years later at the end of her service, and this person stands up and says, this is what Anna taught me. I didn't even know the people that worked for me. She helped me understand the people. So to hear those kinds of story and to see what a beacon, what volunteers just by our presence sometimes, the difference that we can make. And I just felt that that was a contribution that Peace Corps made in South Africa at the time that the country was coming out of apartheid. So that wow, was that's great. I like for yeah. me. It's very difficult to quantify sometimes, but stories like those really make it worthwhile. And Yvonne, I know you've got a hard stop now. Thank you so much for coming on. But thank you. And I wish everybody on, if everybody that's listening, please, if you're interested 
it's, this is a great opportunity now for Peace Corps. It's, to me, this opportunity is just as great at this point in time in America as it is when I was just talking about the apartheid in South Africa. And so you want to make a change. You want to be a part of a change. I want to say, first of all, let's change ourselves to make a change in the world. So that's what I want to leave. So check us out. It's not for everybody now, but give us, check us out. Go to Peace Corps website, look at some of the wonderful things that we are doing. And thank you for hearing my voice today. I do see some people up here. I think I know. <laughs> Thanks, Yvonne. Um, we'll I'm talk to you later. See. And as a, as a reminder to everyone here, you're listening to the Jobs with Jody podcast. Uh, I am not Jody Hammer. I'm Dan Baker. I'm the director of Global Reentry to the National Peace Corps Association. I, I hope you're enjoying Jobs with Jody. Jody does an amazing job with this podcast, and you can find it most weeks. Uh, usually we up- upload our newest episodes uh, on Mondays or Tuesdays uh, of each week from the week before. Uh, Jody also does a great series of professional development uh, webinars on Friday afternoon. So you can find those topics either through our global reentry newsletter that comes out towards the end of each month. You can find the list of topics for the coming month or on our website, peacecorpconnect.org. Uh, click on events and you can see all of the, the, the professional development topics that you can find, uh, sign up for and register in advance. She also does career services uh, on Monday evenings. You can find webinars uh, about from everything from networking to cover letters and keeping yourself mentally fit for the job search uh, uh, through the frustrations that you might encounter on that journey. Uh, Jody does a great job with the programs and does a lot of individual support as well. So thanks Jody for for all you do there and uh, this podcast has become uh, just a a real cornerstone of the services that we're offering with Global Reentry. I want to transition now. Today we're talking with former Peace Corps overseas staff and we just heard from Yvonne Hubbard who is the Senior Advisor for uh, Overseas Staff Recruitment at Peace Corps Headquarters and joining us now are Carla Ellis and Ifuima uh, Eze. I'm sorry I know you as Ify. Sorry if I mispronounced your first name there Uh, Ify. You are uh, are two of my favorite people that I visited with and worked closely with when I was uh, at Peace Corps headquarters in the Africa region. I uh, visited you in your post, Carla, when you were country director in, in Ghana, and if you when you were the director of management and operations in uh, just a very complicated post in Peace Corps Senegal at, at, at the time and doing fantastic things. I, I just want to welcome you to Jobs with Jody and thank you for your support, uh, for your service uh, while you work for Peace Corps and for your support of volunteers. I know ongoing uh, in in your careers. So um, I would start with you, Carla, and just uh, I. I I know people want to get to know you a little bit. Uh, you're currently working uh, as as a head of schools, uh, laboratory schools in Chicago, and I'd love to hear a little bit about your career path and what got you to Peace Corps and uh, in three different country director positions and, and now back where you are now and what plans you might have for coming back to Peace Corps at some point. Ah, so good afternoon. <laughs> Thank you, Dan. It's uh, great to be here. I'd Love all things Peace Corps. So uh, just a a slight correction, I'm not the head of schools, I'm the assistant director of the schools. um, And so I don't wanna step on my director's toes. (laughs) Um, So as far as coming, maybe coming back to Peace Corps, I would love to come back um, and maybe end my career with with Peace Corps. Um, I served a total of eight and a half years as a country director. um, And so 
given the five-year rule, which is kind of an eight-and-a-half-year rule also, um, I have to sit out for eight-and-a-half years. I'm on year three of those eight-and-a-half. So um, yeah, maybe in a few years, I'll be able to uh, rejoin and, and finish my career there. But uh, so I started my career um, as a Peace Corps volunteer in Kenya. And it was during that experience that I discovered that I wanted to be an educator, that I wanted to be a teacher. And so after uh, serving, closing out my service in Peace Corps, uh, I entered a uh, fellows, Peace Corps fellows program and uh, earned a graduate degree uh, in education and became a, a teacher. Uh, and then through the years, um, from teaching to leading projects and programs, becoming a school principal, becoming a superintendent, I knew that I wanted to return to Peace Corps as a country director. I think that um, my path is a little different than most of my colleagues in the field in that um, except for my Peace Corps experience, I did not have any additional international experience when I became a, a country director. But um, as Yvonne talked about, um, what uh, Peace Corps is looking for in country directors is around leadership and management and uh, supporting volunteers and, and having a vision, being able to work in diverse communities, uh, work with a, a group of a diverse, uh, a diverse team. And so I had all of those experiences through my work in education, um, again, as a principal, as a superintendent, as um, working for the Chicago Public Schools um, uh, in professional development and supporting teachers. So all of those skills and experiences translated or transferred into the um, country director position. And so I knew. Let me let me just say, Carla, they they, they translated very well. <laughs> I think your volunteers, at least uh, that I talked to in Ghana, felt extremely well supported. Uh, I think uh, by a lot because of your experience working with uh, student populations and your ability to empathize as a volunteer. So uh, when I ask you as well, I kind of same question I asked Yvonne at the end there is, uh, why be a country director? Why, uh, what, what did you enjoy? What were the, was the highlight for you? As, uh, uh, what, what kept you there for eight and a half years? Yeah, so um, I, in throughout my career, I have loved the idea of every day being a different day. So I am attracted by, <laughs> by the, the different challenges and opportunities that you have um, as, a, as a country director. You know, from being a, a volunteer, I just loved working internationally and working with diverse groups of people and learning and growing and, and seeing others learn and grow as well. I think some of the most difficult things about being a country director or being uh, working overseas and some of the most rewarding for me was that my family was with me. And so I was able to see you know, them experience the world and raise a child in, in, an envir in environments um, that I think have made him uh, quite a um, great teenager. Um, and, and what he was able to see and learn is the work of the volunteers, right? And, and the work of our host country national partners and just how working together leads to better and leads to always thinking of possibilities and always thinking 
in a positive assets you know, based approach as opposed to a deficit approach. And so I think as I watch him navigate his way through my son through high school, I see a lot of what he learned from volunteers and what he learned from host country nationals um, it, it put to use in his day to day. Are we expecting a, a Peace Corps application from him any day soon? Absolutely not, though. <laughs> <laughs> He runs, he runs away from all things Peace Corps, but something tells me he'll come back to it. <laughs> Been there, done that. Yeah. Um, at least he's coming away with the uh, the glass half full, or I could take a bath in that uh, perspective. Yes. <laughs> Thanks, Carl. We could tell you some bath stories. <laughs> I want to circle back in a minute and, and just ask about your experience uh, with the application process and and applying for the country director position. Any tips you might have, but. Uh, uh, first, I want to bring into the conversation uh, Ifima Azay. Really good to see you, Ifi. Uh, you're one of the standout directors of management and operations in Senegal. And uh, for, for those of you who think country directors make uh, volunteers' lives easier or difficult, it's, I, I would say it's really the DMO position that uh, uh, guides that uh, uh, more than any other position in, in many ways. I, I used to hear that it was about the three M's, uh, money, medicine, and mail. If you To make volunteers happy, you just had to give them the three M's. And uh, I know it's a lot more complex than that. But uh, if you would love to hear a little bit about your, your experience in the DMO position and what you brought, what made you apply for that, uh, what kind of career path uh, led you there? And so I, I know it wasn't too long after you served in, in Niger that you came can work at Peace Corps, but um, if you could walk us through your career path a little bit. Sure, great to see you again, and thank you for inviting me. It's a pleasure to be on here. So I was a Peace Corps volunteer in Niger, and I spent a year in the village, and I spent two years as a Peace Corps volunteer leader. So I would say that sort of kind of, and before that, I had worked with the Atlanta Chamber of Commerce. So I've always sort of done administrative work, and uh, joining Peace Corps, um, those last two years were also in the, I was working for volunteers, I was leading volunteers, I was supporting volunteers. And then after Peace Corps, I ended up staying in Niger and worked for an international development agency and for four years and in the same capacity. So I was an administrative officer for them as well. And then after that, I realized that I did want to go back to school and get my MBA. So I went ahead and came back to the States, got an MBA and started working for um, a firm that worked with immigrant professionals to bring them to restart their careers in the States. So again, still sort of in that supportive administrative type of role. And then um, a funny thing happened, which is that um, I had worked with two women when I was in Niger and we had kind of all gotten together in Maryland and all realized that one of them, Cheryl, was now the Peace Corps um, director. And so we kind of looked at each other and said, hey, wouldn't that be cool if we could all go back to Peace Corps together in the same country as sort of, you know, Cheryl is the mission director, Lauren is the DPT, and I'm the admin officer. And we were like, we kind of like, haha, wouldn't that be funny? Well, sure enough, Cheryl reached back and said, if I actually was serious, I need you to apply. <laughs> and because Lauren is applying. So Lauren applied, Lauren got in, and I applied, and I got in as well. So Lauren, Cheryl, and I kind of found ourselves back, uh, the Three Musketeers, back in Benin. And um, so I was in Benin for four years, four fantastic years, um, except, of course, this was also when 
Kate Pusey um, was murdered. And so that was a very difficult um, time for the country, for Kate's family. Um, was able to support volunteers through then, so I felt very fortunate to be around during that time. And from, from Benin, I was asked to go to Senegal from, because of my language skills. And so I moved to Senegal and I was there as well for four years. And so kind of like um, Carla and, and, and uh, Yvonne were talking about, I was fortunate to be among one of those few who kind of got to eight and a half years or, you know, kind of got that extension, but I knew my eight and a half years were coming coming to an end. And so I kind of started looking around and um, so landed at USAID um, after Peace Corps. But uh, like Carla, my I am um, in now year five of my time outside of Peace Corps and very much counting. Um, this is something I would love to be able to, again, finish up my career with Peace Corps. Um, I love Peace Corps. I just think it's an amazing organization. And I think we do amazing things. So. Yeah, we, we get a lot of recidivism at uh, Peace Corps overseas staff positions, uh, repeat offenders, retreads, whatever you yes. want to call yourself. yourselves. Uh, but if yeah, I ask you the same question I asked Carla as far as about your highlights working uh, as the DMO and why you might encourage that position. But with a little spin on it, I, I know you're currently in a comparable position with uh, USAID and, and Guinea-Conakry. So uh, if uh, maybe comparing uh, your, your expat role now mm. to to uh, your DMO position in Peace Corps? What, what maybe do you miss uh, that you had in Peace Corps that you don't have now? Well, you know, there's, like you said, there's quite a few of us who kind of had, we kind of were forced out of Peace Corps and now find ourselves at aid. And it's funny, the one thing that I think we all agree on and that I'm very aware of is, you know, at Peace Corps, we have one goal and one goal only, supporting the volunteers, period beginning, end, middle, and end, that's it. Whatever issues we have, whatever problems we have, it all leads to volunteer support. That's the bottom line. And so whatever conversations we're having, whatever discussions or difficulties or whatever it is we're having, we'll always have that goal in mind. And I gotta say, I really miss that because at USAID, clearly that is not, that's not the same. And so I do miss that um, quite a bit. And I think that, um, and it's also, it's hard because even though I was sitting in the country's capital, I still interacted quite a bit with volunteers. I, I did go out to see volunteers. Volunteers really appreciated the fact that I had been a volunteer and did understand you know, their issues. And so I also miss that the, the closer connection to the work um, that 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 we do and that we support, which is a lot more real, I would say, with Peace Corps. USA, there's a lot, it's it's just a different type of dynamic, really. Um, but I would say probably that the Peace Corps, um, I would say that I I definitely maybe thrive better within the Peace Corps, that type of model more so. Yeah. Well, I'm sure whichever volunteers you'll be supporting will be uh, happy to get you back in whatever role you come back to at Peace Corps. And um, um, I think if he, just for, for those of you listening, uh, I think your career path has been a little bit more of the, the typical one uh, with mm-hmm. uh, how you got to be a, a DMO. Uh, you have your Peace Corps volunteer overseas experience plus some other international development or management experience. And that puts you on a career, maybe add a master's degree and a little domestic experience. And and then that gets you in the right direction or or checks the boxes that you need for a DMO or uh, as I can share the the DPT position. Uh, Carla's experience I think is 
uh, maybe a little bit more unique that I uh, didn't have a lot of international experience before coming back as a country director, but that's not as uncommon with country directors. I, I think uh, if you have a lot of leadership experience, it doesn't really matter um, uh, domestic or international, Peace Corps will look at you for, for country director positions. And uh, I can speak to a third path is the one that uh, I followed to become a director of programming and training, uh, which was internally to Peace Corps. So I, uh, after becoming a volunteer, after COSing, I went to work at Peace Corps headquarters as a country desk officer and a couple of other positions. And then I became an APCD in Latin America. And that led me to uh, a program manager, APCD, uh, you might know it as a program manager. And that led me to become uh, eligible or qualified for an internal position, internal opening for a DPT position. And that's not uncommon. There are a lot of uh, staff, especially as I see now, the newer DPTs and DMOs and country directors who are coming from jobs within Peace Corps headquarters. So uh, if you are interested in working overseas with Peace Corps, that's not a bad uh, tact to employ is to, to look at other positions, uh, uh, and not just in Washington, DC, there are other recruiting offices and programs around the country. Um, so a couple of different uh, experiences here, and uh, I, I'll just share uh, the DPT position is clearly the best of the, the three standard positions. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm a little bit biased in saying that. But, uh, I really enjoyed it. I, I definitely encourage people to, to look at uh, pursuing that as, as a career path. Uh, it used to be OED, uh, Peace Corps had a lot of uh, expat APCDs uh, or program managers, but that's, uh, I think it might be a couple of examples overseas right now, but uh, that's being phased out. This really the, the uh, the three positions in most countries are the country director, DPT, and DMO. So I want to come back to, to Carla. Uh, you know, it's not all a bouquet of flowers uh, working as a, as a country director. Uh, people, uh, uh, they're looking at country director positions. What might be some challenges that you wish you had known about uh, in, in your role that uh, uh, you'd be willing to share with the, the listeners here? Yeah, so I think um, some of the things I thought about, but it's not until you experience them that you really understand them. And so I think just the nature of the 24 hours a day, seven days a week, that you are responsible for the program. Um, you're responsible um, for your colleagues, uh, for the volunteers, your relationships with um, the, the, the U.S. mission, your relationship with the Ghanaian government, or not just the Ghanaian, <laughs> with the host country government, safety and, you know, the, the responsibility of volunteers, um, their safety and security and um, their satisfaction and, and with what they're doing and their contributions to their community. So, I mean, I, in theory, I understood that, but it wasn't until you're in it that you understand that it's, it's you know, it's, you have to balance a lot each day. Again, as I mentioned, um, I enjoy a work environment where each day it brings on new challenges and, and new adventures. Um, but that is, you know, that's just challenging to, to deal with because you, when you mentioned be, 
or Yvonne mentioned about not having volunteers in country and being able to take that pause. You don't have that pause um, when you have volunteers in country and on the ground. Um, so it, yes, just the 24-7 the nature of, uh, of, of the job. And, um, and just, you know, you wanna do your, your best and you want to give your best to all who you're, you're working with and all who you're representing. Um, so that, that's uh, sort of that fishbowl is a challenge, um, especially in smaller countries. Like when I was in Suriname, you know, a handful of Americans <laughs> in the country who were uh, representing the country um, in the government. And so that becomes challenging because you, you want to sometimes be able to, you know, go to the grocery store and not be known as, you know, the, the Peace Corps country director or a U.S. government employee. And, and uh, so, yeah, those are some of the challenge, uh, challenges. And then just, um, I think one of the challenges that I was, I think, able to turn into maybe a benefit or a success is was working with volunteers um, who were of a different generation than me and had a, and Peace Corps was different than when I was a volunteer. And so making that adjustment and being open to learning from volunteers and being open to doing things a little differently than, than what you expected them to be. I think uh, that's one of the, the key criteria for becoming an overseas staff uh, uh, member with Peace Corps is just being able to learn from, from newer generations and being, it's the Peace Corps way, right? Being open-minded going into, into your management. Uh, uh, Fima, same question to you. Yeah, so I think probably the biggest challenge um, was Kate's, Kate's um, death. That was, um, that was, there's just no words to explain when a volunteer dies, um, what that means. And any volunteer death is just horrible. A volunteer death, like what we had, was just beyond tragic. And, um, and you know, I think the thing about that is what folks don't understand is the trains kind of have to keep on running, right? So we do have a death. We have to manage that but we also operationally need to keep the trains moving in order for all these other things to happen. And so, you know, you're trying to keep the trains running, you're trying to manage the staff and their grief. I think that one of the things also, I'll never forget, somebody said to me, her parents sent her to us in a seat on a plane and we're sending her back to them in a casket. I will never forget that. So the staff was incredibly broken up. You had to manage that, support them, but still get, again, keep the trains running. You have the volunteers trying to manage their grief and just their need for support. You have HQ reaching out for various, it's, I can't even begin to tell you. You've got IG, you've got the embassy, you've got the investigators, you've got the FBI. So that was probably just uh, the toughest thing I've ever gone through. And, and then of course, Kate's parents. And the fact that I also knew Kate and, you know, her parents, just the incredible, um, the, the grace that they exhibited during this time, I just have no words for. So that was um, the, the toughest experience in all eight years um, as a DMO. On the other hand, I think the other thing too is um, a couple of times I ended up being an acting uh, 
acting country director. And so got to got to experience the volunteers as they were leaving. My goodness. Like everybody really should sit in to those with those volunteers when they talk about their service. I'm even getting chills thinking about it now. It's just amazing. It, it truly, there's just no words. It is absolutely incredibly, and I, you know, that's the thing. I'm just like, this is what America does. This is who we are at our absolute best. This is who we are as Americans. And it's so hard to explain that. And the, the, the high you get from that, from, from just watching folks who came in two years ago, were scared, were frightened, couldn't speak the language, didn't know what to do. All of a sudden now they're like laughing and joking in you know, local language. It's amazing. There's just nothing like it. So it's an amazing organization. I love Peace Corps and I uh, can't say enough about it. And I, you know, I want to uh, say a little bit more about the the DMO position. I, when I went overseas as a as a DPT, I think that what I had in my mind as as a DMO's job was all contracting and spreadsheets and and finance and and there might be a lot of that. But I think what we're hearing from you as well is that there's there is so much more to the job uh, and making things run and and making that program sustainable. Uh, I I came away from my time overseas really considering the DMO position as, as a potential way to come back uh, with, with Peace Corps. And, and uh, I, I, I would highly recommend that uh, any of these positions uh, are, are, are great stepping stones uh, and, and lead to a, a lot of career fulfillment, I would say. We have a few questions from our audience here. And one, uh, with, with peace, uh, applying for Peace Corps overseas staff positions, do you get to apply for specific countries and positions? You do apply for the, for the position, uh, but like uh, uh, Peace Corps used to be, uh, now you can choose your, your country you're applying for, but, but uh, you're really a, you're just you're, um, opening yourself to, uh, to invitations anywhere in the world. Uh, you can obviously express preferences, but that will end up limiting your, your options and what you're even considered for. So the real tip to anyone applying for these positions at Peace Corps is to be completely open to where in the world you might be sent. Maybe you're a little bit further along in, in your career. And Carla, maybe you can talk about how you uh, uh, got to different countries uh, 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 and you transitioned a couple of times. Um, and I think if you're uh, if you've got more competitive skills, and you might have a little bit more bargaining power when it comes to talking to the, the regional directors uh, and country directors about the uh, uh, countries that you would be open to earlier in your career. Yeah, you, you, you gotta keep your options open, I would say. Uh, Carla, if you anything to add to that? Uh, yeah, just that when, um, for my first assignment in Suriname, um, I that's where I was asked, would I be willing to go? And I said, yes, and you know, I, I know many others have experience in other parts of the world and um, other cultures. And so sometimes there's a natural fit for where they go. Uh, but for, like I said, my um, path is a little unusual. And so when I was offered Suriname, I was like, yeah, like I just, I wanted to serve. So it, um, it didn't really matter to me where it was. But then um, with Jamaica and Ghana, those were um, uh, requests that I had. And, and Peace Corps, uh, I think they still kind of use the terminology of tours uh, with uh, with these overseas staff positions. And a tour is considered two and a half years. Uh, and 
the expectation is obviously that you complete a full tour wherever you go and preferably two uh, so that there's not a whole lot of moving pieces but uh, in my experience after two and a half years you can be considered for transfers to other countries so uh, going in with dedication to two and a half years wherever they send you is, is, is the recommendation I'd like to just add that your language also, if you do speak a language, because French or Spanish, Spanish is a little bit, is a little easier or more common. French is not so much, at least that was my experience at the time, again, with, um, with, the, with, the, with the USDH's direct hires that we had. So, so for me, I spoke French. And so invariably, the agency was kind of moving me into a francophone um, country. So if you have that, just FYI, that that's probably where you're going to be. Absolutely. Jody, any other questions we might have time for? I, yeah. Yes, there is a question uh, from the audience about getting to the grade. Like if they're interested in a position, do they need to get to the grade of the job that I'm interested in first? Or can I apply for a grade or two higher than my position? Specifically, maybe with these kinds of positions, right? With, with uh, Peace Corps. But in, in general? That's the first part of the question. Carla, if you, do you have anything to... So, yeah, so just um, in my job now too, I, I, I do recruit as well. I um, Part of my job is HR. And my I think um, a lot of times when these jobs show up on USA Jobs, they will tell you, you will see the salary range. And so you do have an idea of what you are applying to. And barring some act of nature, if you apply for that, that's what you're going to be in. So you can always go online to look at the salary scale. I think they actually write it to tell you what grade it's going to be. And then they give you the whole range of that grade, not necessarily the step. And then so what's negotiable is the step within the grade that you um, of the position. That's my understanding. But yes, that, that would be a great question for Yvonne to make sure that that's, that is accurate. And Dan, just to add to that, with the um, generally when they are posted, they'll say one year of ex experience at the labor grade below, which is kind of what you were saying. If you there, that's more often than not, I see that on federal job postings. It will say one year of specialized experience at the labor grade below. So you 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 can't jump two or three up. Is is how generally it works in the federal government. My understanding, of course, I am not HR. <laughs> But I think one of the key takeaways here is it's like any other federal position that you're applying for. You really have to, to as Yvonne said, well, you have to respond and meet all of the, the uh, criteria, respond to and meet the criteria in the job description. Anything else coming from the audience, Judy? There really isn't. I think they've done such a great job of, of addressing the questions that people have had and sharing of their experience. So thanks. Well, I know uh, I'll give you a chance for for any uh, parting shots, Carla. And if you, if there's, um, I know you've probably done a lot of coaching of your former volunteers who are interested in careers with Peace Corps and other jobs. Um, uh, if there's any uh, nuggets of wisdom that you would like to share with our our guests here today and listeners, um, uh, please uh, share those with anything else you would like to to say before we wrap up here. And we'll start with you this time, if you. Peace Corps really is the greatest job you'll ever love. And um, I cannot say enough about it. I love Peace Corps. I love the idea of Peace Corps. I love what it stands for. I love I love the goals of Peace Corps and the, the connectedness, the, especially in the world of today, the friendship. 
if you if this is something that at all attracts you, I highly encourage you to please um, to do it. If you don't make it the first time, do not let that um, do not let that dissuade you. Apply again. If you don't get called again, reapply again. Just keep on doing it. Um, it's an amazing organization. It's small but mighty, and it's exactly what we need in these days um, to create better cohesion. And it sounds very Pollyanna-ish, but it's true. So can't say enough about it. Thank you. Thanks, Ify. And I hope so much that we get volunteers back to you in Guinea soon. So you have some uh, more mentees to hang out with uh, again, <laughs> again in, uh, in the coming year. Good luck. And Carla, we'll wrap up with anything you would like to add. Sure. Um, I echo everything that Ify said um, about the organization and the experience. Um, and tr keep trying until you're successful. And I think one of the things that I did um, was I kept in mind what my goal was and my goal was to be a country director. And I continuously referred back to the skills and experiences that um, were necessary to, to be hired in that position. And so whether it was through my um, formal professional positions or through volunteer positions to gain those skills um, so that I, I had them um, when I, you know, at the time that I would apply for the job. So I just, you know, keep your eye on the prize, I guess, and just work towards that so, so that you're ready. Great advice. And uh, like like anything with B-Score, it takes a lot of resilience when you're applying for these sorts of positions. Uh, they're, they're probably uh, will, it's rarely a smooth path. So uh, keeping at it, keeping your eye on the prize, as Carla says, and uh, try and try again, uh, as, as if you suggest, is, is, uh, sounds like great advice to me. And I just want to say thank you both so much. I can't wait to to the day when uh, if you and I are working with Carla in some country uh, overseas again. So. Yeah. Can we do that? Can we do All we can right. form a new three musketeers? Yeah. yeah let's, hope, let's open a new country. That's one of the best things. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> thanks again. Uh, thanks for taking time out of your busy schedules for the, the RPCB community. It's great to see you paying it forward like this. Thank, Thank you. you very much. Thank you for listening to the Jobs with Jody podcast today. This has been a production of the National Peace Corps Association. We are always open to your suggestions and uh, ideas for content and guests uh, that you would like to hear from on this on this channel or through webinars that uh, you'll be uh, uh, invited to in the in the in the future. Keep an eye on our events calendar. We are constantly adding new events and uh, welcome you uh, to, to attend all any and all that uh, look interesting to you. Um, thanks again to our guests today and uh, to your regular host, Jody Hammer, for this great show. And uh, it's been my pleasure talking to you today and happy to receive any other questions about uh, working for Peace Corps overseas. Uh, you're always welcome to contact us at reentry at rpcv.org. 